0: What a mighty God. Lord, we praise you this morning. We had been talking about living sacrifice, and um, we're going to continue with that uh, living sacrifice lesson today uh, because we are to be a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto Him. Let, uh, first lesson we talked about what it meant to be a sacrifice and what it takes to sacrifice and uh, today we want to talk about the sacrifice that Jesus made in John 15 and 13 just one scripture while you're standing so familiar we know we, can, we all can quote it greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends and since Jesus gave his life as a sacrifice for us, it was, he was not forced into this. He did this because he loves us. Greater love hath no man than this. We're going to talk about no greater love. No greater love. Let's pray for the lesson. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for your word, for your sacrifice, for your love and mercy today. Lord, give us ears to hear what you would say. Let us receive it in our hearts. Let us be reminded of that great sacrifice today, Lord, and we praise you for it. Help me now to preach to your people, God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give God some praise this morning. What a great God. Hallelujah. Thankful for it. Thankful for it. Thankful for it. Praise God. You can be seated this morning. I didn't even realize that uh, this lesson would be, would kind of, mirror what Brother Widman preached last night. He preached on the love of God and well the love of God uh, there is no greater love than the love of God and uh, the wonderful thing about this love of God that has given us this great salvation is that it did not just save us and hang us out to dry but his love is powerful. you see, we think of love too- many, so many times in the romantic sense, and it's soft and mushy and fluffy and squishy and frilly and lacy and you know it's it's pink and it's sweet and it's you know it's it's you know uh little baby angels flying around you know but Paul describes love and he said that love never fails. And then the scripture tells us that love covers a multitude of sin. And for us, the most destructive force that ever faced mankind is not the atom bomb, it's not nature, it's not hurricanes or tsunamis, it's sin. Because any of them other things may take you out, but you can still be saved. But sin destroys body and soul condemns us, and love set us free from that. And it didn't just one time make an escape plan for us. It keeps us out. The love of God will keep you out of sin if you let it. He, There is provision in that salvation that we can stay saved. And there is no greater love than the love that Jesus gave, that he laid down his life for his friends. And and when we think about that sacrifice, you think about the day that uh, he was uh, going to the cross. I, I think about John, the beloved disciple, how that he he was so close uh, to Jesus. But uh, he's the only disciple that I read about as far as the the original twelve. We know Judas had already hanged himself, but uh, that went and followed Jesus all the way to the crucifixion. The rest were scattered and uh, Peter was, had ran off after he realized that he denied the Lord three times and remembered what the Lord said. He ran off weeping, and no, I don't know where he was at. I don't know where the rest of them were hiding at, maybe afraid that they were going to be locked up as well. But John went and watched, and there was such uh, a paradox that day because uh, love and hate were side by side. They whipped him, beat him cursed him, mocked him, slapped him, spit on him, kicked him up the hill, you know, made fun of him while he hung on the cross, shamed him in front of everybody. And all these things were going on, and yet John standing there hears Jesus say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I'm sure John had a lot of mixed emotions about what was going on because he loved Jesus, and he knew Jesus loved him. And he was probably angry, he maybe wanted to just—I'm just, just going to, you know, attack a soldier or something. But then he knew, hey, I'll end up on a cross as well, I guess. But instead, he stood there beside the mother of Jesus and comforted her and as best he could, and watched in amazement—I'm sure in shock—to hear. I don't know why, because they watched Jesus for three and a half years do these kind of things and make these kind of statements and do the, the unthinkable—touch lepers and and. You know, forgive sins of adulterous people. And he he just watched Jesus with the worst of the lot day after day. But Jesus hanging there uh, with his breath, leaving his body. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. They have no idea. And so right in the middle of all that hate and violence and anger and the things that were going on, they despised him and uh, wanted him gone. He, he just loved them. And I think about the songs that said, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. You know, you think about these songs that we sing every year about the love he has for us and how that he knew who we were. And he knew who he was dying for and he knew what we would be caught up in. And yet he loved us anyway. He loved us thousands of years later when we were born and did our own thing, went our own way did not walk after him, and he loved us anyway. That is the only kind of love that could have saved us from sin. He was not forced, uh, again, to go to this. He did this willingly. He uh, he was not, I know that the soldiers were forcing him up the hill, but he was walking, will, he went willingly. He didn't try to run, he didn't try to hide, he didn't try to escape. He didn't even opened his mouth to defend himself when they accused him. He knew this was why he came. To this end, I was born. He could have stopped it. That's one of the thoughts that gets me every time is that he could have stopped it. He could have said no. He could have said, I'm just not going to endure this. But he did. Jesus said in John 10 and 18 that um, nobody is going to take my life from me but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again. Nobody is making me do this. This is a willing sacrifice. And we see this uh, greatest love ever portrayed. You can read all the novels you want to read. You can read about all these romantic love things and stuff like that, but this love transcends a romantic love. This is a love for a creation. This is a love that will cause someone to be a sacrifice. And John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We quote this all the time, and you know sometimes we almost, uh, it's like it's, we don't even want to quote this because we're afraid that people will think we only believe this scripture. But uh, I believe in John 3.16. Uh, but you'll never understand the context of John 3.16 without the scriptures before and after John 3.16. So I understand that this was a great love and that God gave his only son that I wouldn't perish. He did this to save me. No greater love than the love that Jesus has so we could have everlasting life. Romans 5 and 8 says that God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, Brother Roy Odman uh, really brought that out really good uh, last night and talked about um, how the, uh, the Lord loves us in, in, in our messes, in our sin, and all the things that we've been in, and, and knowing who we are. And this scripture lets us know that God sent His love to us. What a gift to give a sinner! What a gift to give a sinner! We see Jesus mirror this when uh, they bring the woman that was caught in adultery and they said, The law said stone her. Moses said stone her. What do you say? And instead of picking up a rock to join in, he just says, You without sin cast the first stone. And what a gift to give a sinner. She was condemned, rightly so. If, if she was really caught in adultery, then rightly so, she, the law said stone her. But he gave them an answer that went past the law. That was greater than the law. In the law, there was the blood of bulls and goats. But uh, now, behold the Lamb of God is what John said. When he saw him come up the road, I'm baptizing people and telling you things. But when he walked, stop everything, quit looking at me. I must decrease. He must increase. Behold the Lamb of God. Oh, we see videos. You, know, you see it on social media all the time, people putting goats in pajamas and lambs in, in clothes, and oh, look how sweet! The, but this was a sacrifice. This was is it, what's his flesh, his blood. His, it's going to be broken. It's going to be spilled. Behold, you need to look and see this sacrifice. Here he comes walking up the road. This, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for that love. And so when Jesus gave that woman another chance, I think, my, what a gift to give a sinner. That God would commend his love to us and, and, and forgive us and die for us and shed that precious blood for us when we were not worthy when we were not the people. We were, this wasn't for the best people. You know, he said, hey, you know, for good people, a good man, some might die. But sinners got no choice, got no chance, got no hope. We got no leg to stand on. But Jesus saves sinners. Praise God. He came to save sinners. He, he came to wash our sin away. He came to take away our reproach. He came to purchase us. To be his possession his bride and, and you know that uh, in those days when he when a man would take a bride he would bring that dowry he would bring that payment to that, that father and pay uh, for that bride and and he spilt his blood it, his blood is more precious than any substance that has ever existed and his love is greater than any love that has ever been it it was the the best of the best is what he gave to get us I am thankful. Aren't you thankful for the love of God? Oh, you ought to give him a hand clap of praise if you're thankful for his love. And that, that, that love that he has for us, that love that he gives to us, is powerful. It takes away, you know, we can't, we, we can't save ourselves. Hey, on your best day, you can't save yourself. You can't do anything. You can't have enough good works to to make yourself worthy uh, of salvation, of heaven, of righteousness. You can't do that. Uh, but his blood, that blood washes us whiter than snow. That blood includes us. Uh, just like uh, we talked about last week or the week before when uh, they were in Egypt, and God was getting ready to bring them out. Put the blood on the doorpost. Put the blood across the top of the door, and, and make sure you are under the blood. Yeah. Because when I see the blood, I will pass over. And, and it, it distinguished his people. And it didn't just uh, bring them out uh, and then them be caught. Because it, the, the enemy tried to get them after Israel was gone they were like what did we do? Why did we let them go? And they said let's go get them. Let's go kill them. But see the Lord had already taken that you think about it in the the way it compares to what the blood of Jesus did for us. He had already taken away that penalty of death with the blood. They wanted to kill them and they came after them but they ended up being destroyed. Let me tell you that blood, that sacrifice, that love that Jesus has for us, is powerful. It will get you out. Your, listen, your salvation starts with an instantaneous moment, but it is a lifetime. It, 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 it's a process, and we don't know how long we may live after we come to God, but sometimes you hear here testimony as elders, I've been living for God 70 years. You know what kept them? The love of God. It didn't just save them in an instance, but it kept them for 70 years. It kept them living right, doing right, praying right, serving God. It, it, that love, it's, it's so great. It will it, it'll cause, listen, God's love is so great for us that he won't forget us. He said in one place, he said, a mother may even forget her nursing child, but I will not forget you. Let me tell you you can uh, profess love in this life, but you may forget people. Yeah. Uh, you, you may forget uh, your age and things and, You know it's, sometimes it's just because you get old and you can't remember your name hardly anymore, but it's uh, who you are. but I look in the mirror a lot of times and go, "Who is that?" It's, uh, but I never forget him because he gave his love, and I have his love in me, and I have his love back for him. I love him because he first loved me. I'm giving him back the same kind of love he gave me. He laid down his like Brother Wyman said it. If he loved us enough to lay down his life for us, well, then I ought to love him enough to lay down my life for him and live for him. So I've got the same kind of love for him. He said, you are my, fr- uh, you are my friends. Well, then we're both friends. Jesus is my friend a friend that sticks closer to a brother. So I, there's no greater love that I can have than to lay down my life for him. And since I have that kind of love for him, I don't forget him either. And that helps me walk day to day. That helps me get up and keep going because I know one day I'm going to see him. The one who loved me most of all went away to prepare a place that where I am or where he is, I can be also. I'm looking for that day. And it's the love of God this greater love that no man can ever have. It doesn't mean it won't happen again, but there's no greater love than that example than that you would lay down your life. If someone, uh, if you were standing in a room and somebody said, all right, I'm fixing to take this person out and I'm going to kill them. You said, no, take me instead. If you've got to just have somebody, take me instead. And you stepped into that role. You are simply doing what Jesus did. Lord, don't kill them. Don't destroy them. Take me instead. And he went to the cross, and he gave his life so that we would not perish. It's not the Lord's will that any perish. And he, he showed that. that's why he went to the cross. I, I don't want anybody to be lost. Behold the Lamb of God. I'm thankful that I can get a vision of who he is, that I can not just think of him as, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to think of him twice a year. Oh, he's a little baby in the manger. And then another time of the year that he's the Lamb of God. He is the Lamb of God all the time. He's always the Lamb. He was the Lamb that was born. He was was a little baby Lamb. Then he was a grown-up Lamb, but he stayed sinless. He was spotless. He was our sacrifice. And and I got to get, uh, you can't hang out at the manger, man. You got to go to the cross. But you can't stay at the cross either. You got to go to the tomb. And you got to see it's empty. you got to realize there's a resurrection involved with it. There's no greater love than the love that Jesus had for us. And this love, as I said, it not only helps us escape the, the penalty of sin for eternity, the wages of sin or death, but it will also help us from that enslaving. We were slaves to sin. We were in bondage to sin. It it breaks the chains of bondage. When God brought Israel out, they were not slaves any longer. They, oh, we we know they showed out. I can't. I'm just, I, you know, they. We should have stayed in Egypt because it got hard, and they 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 grumbled a lot and complained a lot and and whined a lot, and God would be frustrated with them. Thank God for Moses stepping in and interceding. Thank God for Jesus stepping in and interceding. The Bible says. I write unto you that you sin not, but if you do, you have an advocate with the Father. Oh, man, let me tell you, I'm glad that he's long-suffering of great mercy and that he, if we confess our faults, then he's faithful to forgive us our faults. I'm, I know that I have had to repent, and we ought to repent every day, I think, but I, I have had to say, God, I am sorry. That's not who you saved me to be. You did not save me to be the person that I just was in that moment. That's not who I should be, but I know that uh, I love you, and I, I have a love for you, and I want to live my life for you. And God's very quick to forgive us again. I am thankful that he can set us free from the penalty of sin, but I am so glad that he can break the bonds of enslavement. Temptation will come, but let me tell you, when you love God, you can resist temptation. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. If it wasn't possible to endure it, he wouldn't have wrote it. If it wasn't possible to beat it, he wouldn't have said it. But it is possible to beat it. I know, hey, sometimes we stumble, sometimes we fall, sometimes we mess up. We, temptation, we give into it. Our flesh gets weak, our spirit's him, but our flesh gets weak and we give into to it. But that's not, that's just how it is. So every occasion to sin, I'm just going to sin. That's not what he saved us from. That's not what he saved us for. His love, that great love. The lesson doesn't go to this scripture, but this just fits right in. And it shows me what he did with that love. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul writes to the church, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. In times past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. We used to work and live and act according to the prince of the power of the air. We used to serve another. Yeah. All the things that were in this world, we were children of disobedience. He said, in times past, we all had our conversation or our behavior. In the lust of our flesh, we did what we wanted to do. We fulfilled the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. That means he was saying that we were children who were appointed to wrath, that we were actually reserved for the wrath of God. That word nature... There is, it gets when I see that I think about this. Uh, and I'm gonna say, well, let me before I get ahead of myself, the word there means a natural or a native disposition, but it also means genus. And if you are, uh, had biology, you know what a genus is. Uh, a genus, an example would be if you like roses, well, the genus for roses is rosa. There's over 100 species of roses in that genus. That's all different kinds, shapes, sizes, colors, all those kind of things for, for horses. That uh, it's um, uh, equus, uh, where we get uh, so any kind of horse, zebras, all that fall under that genus. Differences, and that's what this thing he said by our nature, by our our genus, who we were, we were. Children of wrath. We, the wrath of God was going to come down upon us, even as others, but God. A rose can't decide what genus it's in. It's in there. And we had no say in it. We were not even, Peter said one place, we were not even a people at one time. But now we are the people of God. But in this point right here, that was who we were. By nature, our our natural disposition was just to be disobedient, to be rebellious. It was for us to just do what we wanted to do. And friend, because of that, we were appointed to wrath but God. Why not let us who were wild by nature, even when he talks about us being grafted in, he said we were a, an olive branch that was wild by nature, but we were grafted into the good vine. And when we got grafted in, we didn't change the vine, but the vine changed us. Oh, I'm thankful that his love can change me. It is not a one-time washing, and that's all I get, but it changes my nature, it changes my genus. It takes me away, gets me out of the children of wrath, genus, out of that nature. It makes me something new. A new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are made new. I'm a new creature in Christ because of his love. I didn't give you this, Second um, Peter 1 and 4. It just... Brought that to my mind. Peter said, whereby they are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That by these you might be partakers of the divine nature or genus. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. When we used to live as children of disobedience unto our own lust. Doing what we wanted to do. But Friend, let me tell you, there can be a change. I'm so tired of people getting this weak. Uh, uh, Oh, uh, Let me tell you, salvation is not weak. What God does in your life is not weak. The blood is not weak. We are mighty through God. Let me tell you. I want somebody to know today this get oh I got saved and now I can't do nothing but get kicked down the road by the devil. I'm so tired of weak, petty salvation. Live by the power that God gave us. That's why we're born again. We're born of water so our sins can be washed away and we're born of the spirit so we can receive power or the dunamis or the nature of God, and I know we're going to slip and fall sometimes, but my goodness, we shouldn't just live in expectation of falling flat on our face, but we should walk in the power of the spirit. We can't just live cowering, waiting to fall and to fail. The blood has never lost its power. The Holy Ghost ain't lost its power. I had not lost my power. Hello? I know God ain't lost any power. Then you shouldn't lose your power. Because that power's in here. I shouldn't lose my power. I still have the power to walk right. I still have the power to talk right. I still have the power to resist the enemy. And he shall flee. I know there's a roaring lion going about seeking whom he may devour, but he may not devour me because I'm not going to let him. I'm going to be like David and say, I'll take him by the beard and I'll slay him if I have to. The Bible says I can mortify the deeds of the flesh through the spirit. God gave you the Holy Ghost to in that greater love. He, he said it. He said, if I don't go away, then the Holy Ghost can't come. And if he don't come, you don't have no power. Uh, I would have died, and, and maybe you could get washed, but you'd be walking without any kind of power. You would have no authority. You would have no resistance. You would have the ability. Because before we had the Spirit, what would we do? The Bible says we are now the children of God, the Spirit beareth witness. We received the Spirit of adoption, but what did we do before the Spirit? We lived to ourselves. The Bible says that the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, would lead us into all truth. It's going to lead you in the right places. And before that, we're making our own decisions. We're doing our own thing. We, maybe we try to do right things, but man, man in his best state is altogether vanity. We can't, we can't do We can't save ourselves. We can't save ourselves. Oh, yeah, they're a good person. I'm glad. I'm glad there's good people in this world. But it takes more than being good to be saved. Hey, come on. It takes more than being good to be saved. There's always been good people, people that would help you, people that would give you the shirt off their back. That don't save you. The blood of Jesus saves you. Good deeds don't wash sin away. The blood of Jesus washes sin away. Yeah. Yeah. It's not uh, if you're going to be a new creature, you're going to have to be in him. You're going to have to believe in what he did and obey what he did. You're going to have to believe the gospel and obey the gospel. So Peter says, we are given some great promises. And by these, we can be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped Man, I'm telling you, you can get out. But there has got to be a nature change. I see people sometimes try to take a wild animal and bring it in their house. Go make it a pet. Got me a tiger. Look at this tiger. Bengal tiger. Man eater. That right there ought to tell you something. But I'm going to Fix him I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a little hamburger, give him a little give him some. Hey, listen, a tiger don't want a kitty please. A tiger wants to wants to taste blood, and they all they, you know they get them in there and they, they, they cool for a while, and then we see it on the news. <laughs> tiger put down. Because he ate his family. <laughs> because you can't change his nature. You can beat them into submission and get them to a place, but there's something down inside them that all it has to do is spark. And they go right back to who they are because you can't change the genus of that tiger by bringing it into your house. You see them, oh, and I'm so glad they don't do this no more. you ever see them elephants go wild in them circuses. Taking out the stands, slinging people everywhere. Had enough. That's it. I'm wild, man. I, we've seen wild elephants. And, and uh, boy, when they raise up, you don't want to be near them. Right. No. I, they let that trumpet go and they get to stomping and flapping them their ears. Like, let's move this bus. <laughs> That's a wild one. You, well, you take him out of the wild. You don't change him by putting him in a tent and putting a stupid hat on him. And one time, one, one little punch to me, and he's like, all right, I'm about to show you who I am. And he goes wild, and now he's put down because people thought they could change the nature. You can't change it. You can't change it. You train them, do all these things, but you don't change their nature. And that's why that's never a good idea to own things that can eat you or stomp you. But God's love, he don't retrain us. He's not training us to perform. He changes us. He said, these promises are so powerful. They are great and precious. They are exceeding. And by these promises, you will be a partaker of the divine nature. You will have a nature change. You will no longer be the wild olive branch. You will now, as long as you abide in Him, you will become part of the good branch. You know, you know where uh, you know, Israel was part of that; and they were broken off. And he said, "But I can graft them back in." He said, uh, "They're gonna have to not abide in unbelief, but now that you've believed, you're grafted in, and that the root system and all that comes up through there, like it's coming right in here. Here We are grafted. This is a, this is a tree. Here's the branch. We grafted in. Pop. Everything's coming up, flowing right in here. It changes the kind of fruit." That's going to be bore. It ain't wild olives coming off the good branch no more. It's good olives. The Lord said, I can change your nature, your genus. I can get you away from being uh, children of wrath. I can get you away from those things. I can make you uh, mine. So God, we go back to Ephesians. He said, we were about nature, the children of wrath, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins. He quickened us together, brought us back to a new life. I'm thankful for it. With Christ, by grace, you're saved. He raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're in different places now. That in ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus, for by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works. Lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Remember that being in times past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision of the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. His great love. There is no greater love uh, than the love of Jesus. There is no greater uh, substance in his blood it still washes us white as snow I am thankful for the love of God today I am thankful for the gospel Paul said in Romans 1 and 16 for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power oh I, I know it's a, a wonderful and sweet story I know that but it's not weak It is not frail. He said it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and then also to the Greek, the Gentiles, us. Paul said this gospel is powerful and I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it does not just get me ready for heaven. It keeps me ready for heaven. At that first instance, you're ready for heaven. I believe it. I, you could come out of that water speaking in tongues, and God could take you right then. But you're most likely going to be like everybody else and have days and years to live. Right. And it will keep you until the end. The power of God will keep you. We, I know, again, I, I, I understand. Though a good man fall, I, I get that falling can happen in our life. I get it. I understand that completely. But the wonderful thing about the gospel about the love of God is that it don't lose power when I fall. Uh, but it gives me power to get back up and keep walking. Uh, people quit. I said this the other day. People quit so quickly. They, they, they just give up so easily. I made a mistake. It's it. I'm over. I'm out of here. It's, I'm out of the book. No, you're not. He blots out people out of the book. Moses tried that with him. If you're going to blot it, them out, blot me out. And He said, I'll blot who I want to blot out. Moses, you'll tell what Moses stood in for Israel. It's not up to us. It's up to him. No greater love than his—the love he had for us when he gave his life. We cannot. If we could do it ourselves, it could be about works. But it's not about works. We can't do it ourselves. We can't cleanse ourselves of our sin. Jeremiah two and twenty-two tells us that we could wash with soap and nitre, do all we want to do, but our iniquity would still be marked before the Lord. He said, do do what you want to. Clean yourself up real good. I still see it. You need me. You need my love. You need what I've got to offer you. Isaiah 1 and 18, he said, come and let us reason together. And though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. That's, That's a change. That's a change. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. But it's going to take a conversation, a meeting between us and God and then in Isaiah forty three and twenty-five, the Lord let us know that it's just me. I, even I, am He that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake and will not remember thy sins. I can't do it, the Pope can't do it, ain't nobody else can do it, only God can do it. Don't come to me telling me, Pastor, forgive my sins. I can't forgive your sins. I can uh, remit your sins through baptism in Jesus' name, but it's gotta be your faith in him. You've got to believe in the son of God that died and shed his blood for you and rose from the dead or you're just getting wet and wasting my time and yours yeah. because it's not up to me uh, to, to do that. I can only do it if you have faith in him. That's why when the eunuch asked Philip, he said, well, here's water, what hinders me? He said, if you believe, you can be baptized. But if you don't believe, uh, just keep this chariot rolling because it's hot. We we'll need some wind in this desert. Keep rolling. But if you're ready, let's go hit that cool water. Baptize you and he did. And so I'm thankful today that we have a way to be saved for eternity, but we have a way to stay saved while we walk this earth. We can live right, we can be free. We're not saved slaves. I'm not a blood washed slave. I can say, like Paul, that I am the prisoner of Christ. But that was just to give an example of what he felt like his... I, there's no, in other words, he was like, because for him, he said, there's no other option. I, I'm i locked up with him. It's, I'm staying with him. Yeah. It didn't mean that God had locked him in. He had no choice. That was Paul describing himself, uh, his attitude towards serving God. I am a prisoner of Christ. I'm captivated by this. It's got me, and I don't want to leave. Uh, he, he's like those servants that... Uh, in the Old Testament said after the seven years, say if they want to go, they can go but if not, you know take them to it would be a painful thing too, take them to the door and put that hole in their ear and right. they can stay with you so uh, he said, I'm not going nowhere I'm staying with God but I am not a slave to sin right. I am not a blood washed Holy Ghost filled slave to sin because the power of God breaks that connection, breaks that thing. If I was still a slave to sin, I'd still be drinking. I'd still be lying and cheating and fighting and, and things that I did before the Spirit. But now, because of his greatest love, I am now, I used to have no hope and I was without God in the world, but now I am made nigh. By the blood. I was far off. He said, and you who are far off, you are way off the mark, are made nigh by the blood of Jesus. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. Let's stand together this morning. I, I knew that I, I kind of left the format of the lesson, but but I felt like it just wasn't going in the way we needed today. An example of, or just another thing to drive the point home as we close. Paul wrote this to the church, to the saints, to those that had been saved and born again. He said, Know you not that unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? It's 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, abusers of themselves of mankind, thieves, covetous, drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Don't be deceived. You can't stay like that. You're going to have to have a nature change. So he tells them, "In such were some of you, but you are washed, sanctified, justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God who we used to be it's not who we are so it's amazing to me this, that, that, that doctrine of well once you're saved you're always saved and it's not sin anymore so his blood did not spill to make sin alright he spilled his blood to wash sin away if you tell a lie after you're born again, it's still a lie. Right. And it's still sin. Right. Oh, I, 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 I believe in the Lord and I'm saved till eternity. Well, try that. I'm sad, sad to say you'll be disappointed right. because we cannot. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. God forbid. Murder is still murder stealing is still stealing yeah even after you're saved but when he changes our nature our actions will change if we're having trouble with the same old thing over and over again we need to check where we are in the spirit yep I'm not saying that same old thing won't come back knocking every day But if we're giving into it every day, we need to check where we are. Because he gave us a nature change. didn't just save me for eternity. He gave me power to walk upright in this land. How can I be a light if I'm living like the dark? Got to let that light so shine forth. Aren't you thankful for what the love of God does? No greater love. Let's lift our hands this morning and pray to him. Thank you, Lord. Oh, for your word. Thank you God for what you're doing in our lives and thank you Lord that when you called us out of darkness you closed the door behind us. Lord that you gave us the power and ability to walk upright to serve you in sincerity and in truth that by your spirit we can mortify the deeds of the flesh and if we walk in the spirit and live in the spirit we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Thank you for our nature change. Thank you for loving us and going to that cross. Thank you for loving us, Lord, and shedding that blood, giving your life. Thank you, Lord, for coming out of that grave. And thank you, Lord, for being with us today. Praise God. Aren't you thankful for him? Give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. No greater love. No greater love. I wish the whole world would experience it. Because they can if they just would. Praise God. Looking forward to a great service today. Find a place to pray before the next service. Ask God to do something miraculous in Jesus' name. God bless you.